Very, very important date. No time to say hello, goodbye. I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. It must be awfully important, like a party or something. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersox. And I'm Kyle Skinner. And we are your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode will focus on a single Disney bracket, generator bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Twitter at Mouse Madness Pod. Send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or support us on Patreon by becoming a member of Jerry's Gang at patreon.com slash mousemadness. Kyle, it's Monday, last yep. night. Uh, we had an absolute banger of a, of a Jerry's Gang trivia night. It was a lot of fun. Congrats to our winning team. Oh, yeah. Uh, our, our winner, winners, plural, uh, whoever whoever you may be. Uh, congrats <laughs> on taking home a, uh, a, a film theatrical quality uh, Little Mermaid live action remake poster. Man, uh, man, I hope you hang it above your bed or your mantle. Um, <laughs> it's a work of art. It really is. <laughs> Truly. And it's massive. So uh, buckle up, winner, because you got quite the package showing up on your front door here pretty soon. But yeah, Chris, we're we're back. We are back in the Disney realm after spending mm. a couple of weeks in MCU in Star Wars. And we're hopping onto this kind of, hot, pun unintended, onto this trend uh, a little late here, having just gone through the the Lunar New Year, uh, the the year of the rabbit, we figured what better time to talk about rabbits than the best Disney bunny here on Mouse Madness. So that's our bracket for the next couple of weeks. We're going to be breaking down the best bunny. And here to help us do that is a first time guest host, a listener of the podcast in its own right. It is Courtney. Courtney, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited to be here. We're excited to have you. Uh, tell us a little bit about your Disney fandom. Are you a, a huge Disney fan? Are you more of a fan of the parks or the movies? Give us a little bit of a breakdown there. Um, so I grew up in California. We used to go to Disneyland every year. So big part of my childhood. Um, I love pretty much everything Disney. Um, I wouldn't consider myself a fanatic. However, uh, Disney trivia is kind of my stuff. So oh. I'm your girl. Oh, well, there's nothing more trivial than talking about Disney rabbits. So I think that we chose the uh, the correct person for this one. Uh, thanks for joining us. We're super excited to get you indoctrinated into the Mouse Madness family. This should be really fun. And Chris, let's just jump in here and talk a little bit of Spoonful of Sugar. As we talk about these rabbits, what are you drinking? You gave me a little bit of a, a sneak peek preview, and I hey, was excited to hear hey, about this. Hey, so um, <laughs> I mean, feel free to edit this segment down. Um, <laughs> oh, but we're uh, story time. This is story time. All right. So um, your boy's back in Arizona. Yeah, uh, spring, spring training. Spring Chris. training has sprung, uh, and <laughs> your boy is here uh, in Scottsdale. It's that time of year. We're, we're getting back into the swing of things. Uh, we're back at the complex. And I don't know if anyone from my employer is going to be listening to this episode, but I'm going to lay it out. Um, you know, we go in there to the cafeteria and, and we're grabbing food uh, and we're grabbing snacks uh, uh -oh. and we're grabbing drinks. 
And, you know, like no one, no one, no one's really like laid down the rules or anything. They're just like, hey, uh, Mikasa Sukasa, uh, help yourself. So um, I roll in there and, uh, and what do I see but a refrigerator full of pressed juices. Uh, and you know i took one out of the michael davis playbook and grabbed myself a green juice uh, about three days in a row and i'm feeling good i'm like oh i am the model of health with all these green juices this is this is i mean this juice sells for like nine dollars at the grocery store and i'm getting it for free let's go um and a lot of the other people in the marketing department must have had the same plan because we got banned from the juices (laughs) Um, we were taking too many, but you know what? Hey, I understand. But uh, I managed to get a juice on okay. the day they banned us. So I had the last juice. Um, I'm, I'm out here um, at the Courtyard Marriott. And uh, I got a mini fridge in the in the unit. And so oh. I, stick, I stick my green juice in the mini fridge. A uh, couple days later, I open up the mini, mini fridge. It's a block of ice oh no and everything i've stuck in my mini fridge if i leave it in there longer than like two hours it's an ice cube oh no and there's no dial i can't turn down the cold like it's just it's a freezer it's not a refrigerator it's a freezer (laughs) uh which i don't have a lot of use for um but i have to time the drinks i I put in and take out but anyways my green juice was lost uh the golden boy green juice uh he did not survive (laughs) i was not able to drink him but um you know in a fit of rage i decided i gotta go to bevmo i gotta go check out some beers kyle you know when I'm in Arizona, I got to get my favorite AZ beer, Kachina. You got to get the Kachina. So I drive to the Safeway. No more Kachinas. Come Kachina, on. Kachina gone. Come so on. I'm like, God damn. I'm just not having very good luck with this spoonful of sugar. So I'm like, okay, I got to check out BevMo. Maybe there's like a, a larger selection of like local beers. And Kyle, I am so glad I took this trick to BevMo. Oh, oh. Oh, All, yeah. Everything worked out because Kyle, I'm happy to announce, and Mouse Madness listeners, I'm happy to announce I finally found it. The official beer of the Mouse Madness podcast. Oh, oh. Um, Candlestick Chronicle has its own beer, and I think it's about time Mouse Madness has its own beer. <laughs> Move over, Kyle Madsen. Mouse uh, Madness has shown up. And the beer is from Epic Brewing in Denver, Colorado. Okay. Uh, it's called the Oak and Orchard. Um, this is a Kiki style sour ale. Here it is. This is the, the beer of the podcast. Coconut, almond, pineapple, mm. and mm. orange. Mm. I see this beer in Bethmo and I'm like, I'm taking you home with me, mommy. <laughs> uh, so, and I wasn't, I wasn't messing around cause I go over to the glasses section and I'm like, I'm buying, I'm on the road and I'm buying, <laughs> I'm buying a little tulip glass to drink this sour beer, beer yes. out of, bought a bottle opener and uh, I am happy to report that it is delicious. Oh man. And it is, it is as sour as they come. It's like a nine out of 10 on the sour scale, uh, which makes it a nine out of 10 on the taste scale as well. Couldn't be happier. Uh, uh, just just a, an absolute redemption story of uh, a spoonful of sugar. Uh, so listeners can rest easy knowing we have an absolute banger in the glass. Well, I'm out here at the Courtyard Marriott. Uh, really, <laughs> really uh, kind of a best case scenario at the end of the day. Kyle, uh, what do you got? Thank you for that story. I'm glad that we've found something for you since the Kachina was out. 
Um, I'm leaning on a, a an old favorite here. I planned to make a cocktail today, and my day got blowed up by mm. work, so I did not have the time. I was I was in a meeting up until this recording, so went into the fridge, and I happened to have a uh, a little something something, quite literally from Lagunitas, <laughs> uh, sitting there waiting for me. I'm very excited to have this wheat IPA. I drank this a lot in college, so there is some nightmares attached to having that first sip, um, but it is a tried and true classic. So little something somethings while I'm drinking this time around. Um, Courtney, where do you have out there in Denver? So it's currently snowing in Denver and uh, in solidarity with some friends who are giving up alcohol for Lent, I have decided to go non-alcoholic and stick to a good old classic hot chocolate, but made my way with two packets, creamer. And um, as an adult, I'm allowed to have this on my desk. (laughs) (laughs) So with a topping of whipped cream, whenever I so feel. So that's where I'm at today. I love that energy for you. You're not the first hot chocolate drinker on Mouse Madness, but you are the first to bring your own whipped cream canister. So big points to you on that one. We've got, we're covering the spread here and I love it. Chris, now that we've had our spoonful of sugar, let's talk a little bit about how we got this bracket of 16 bunnies. Uh, we, of course, have a demographic that we have for every single bracket. And this time around, we had the interns back in Disneyland, back in DCA, and they were asking people who were wearing Oswald the Lucky Rabbit ears at the resort, well, what's your favorite bunny? Who are your favorite Disney rabbits? Uh, of course, during this Disney 100 celebration, they've been releasing a bunch of merchandise, a bunch of Eras merchandise. And recently, they released an entire line of Oswald merchandise that included the Oswald ears, similar to the Mickey ears. So there were a plenty to choose from. Uh, these six, these people gave us 16 great rabbits. But of course, there's always going to be a few that miss the dance. Now, a little harder to choose out of the rabbits, though, after going through them. But we do have some. Chris, tell us a couple for you. Uh, well, the first one is uh, maybe not a Disney character that people think of when they think bunnies, but it's Bean Bunny from the Muppets. Uh, Bean Bunny is uh, he has quite a kind of a story uh, off off the screen. There's like a behind the scenes uh, Bean Bunny saga uh, that involved him being added kind of late into the game as a Muppet uh, and the the Muppet creators sort of treating him as a punching bag because they they love to hate uh, the cuteness that was Bean Bunny. But uh, I, I mean, when I think of this guy, I have to always think of the Muppet Christmas Carol uh, as the little the little kid in the street when uh, course, Scrooge goes, what day is this? Why, it's Christmas. <laughs> Christmas Day. Uh, so just so, so good. Uh, he's also the, the one that uh, Scrooge throws a, a wreath at him uh, when he uh, he tries to Christmas carol for him. Really, really funny bunny. Yeah. Uh, sad that he's not on this bracket. <laughs> um, and uh, and the other one is an, an, an absolute showstopper. It's Jessica Rabbit. Yeah, it's, it's an absolute babe of a bunny. And, uh, sure. you know, she is is a bunny really by name only uh she doesn't really display a lot of a lot of bunny characteristics is she an actual bunny or is she just uh, married to the bunny she's married to roger rabbit and took his last name right right so she's a bunny by marriage uh which doesn't make her an actual bunny but you know yeah you would have figured she's technically in the bunny family uh so, so she's not on here uh kyle uh what are what are some miss the bunny 
Miss the bunny dance. Miss the dance bunnies. <laughs> I I have one and it's the milkshakes or pancakes bunny. Do you remember? I think it was at the end of Ra- Wreck-It Ralph 2. Um, there's a video game called Milkshakes or Pancakes. And it's one of those like kitchen service games where you are like serving yeah. dishes to a kitchen audience. Well, there's a table. One has a cat at the end. The other has a rabbit at the end. And as the items fall, you're supposed to give them to the appropriate animal. Well, there's a bunny in this one. And the end credit scene is Ralph and Vanellope in this game. And Ralph is having fun feeding the bunny, but he needs to give milkshakes to the cat so that the bunny doesn't fill up. And he's filling up the bunny so much that the bunny explodes. And we get that cut scene to that girl in the back of the car watching it on her iPad who starts screaming because it's the game she's playing. I love that bunny. The bunny looks so sad to be force fed. I think it's just such a funny end credit bit. I wish I would have seen this bunny on the bracket, but alas, there's 16 others. Uh, Courtney, what about for you? What's a, a Miss the Dance bunny? Okay, so this might be not a bunny, but it's a bunny in its mythical sense. So the jackalope from Bound in the short film, I think it was from The Incredibles. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it used to get stuck in my head so much as a kid of just his little song, like bound, bound, bound and around. And so I was like, well, is he a bunny? Is he a rabbit? Is he an antelope? I don't know. So yeah. if you make this bracket or not, I'll leave that up to you guys. <laughs> There's another, um, I think it's a spark short called Burrow that is about a bunny. That probably could have been on here though as well. But yeah, Jackalope, that's a great pick. I totally forgot about Boundin. And that's a that was on our Pixar shorts bracket back in the day. So mm. gotta love it. All right. 16 bunnies. Let's get after it. Let's announce them. Cue up that dramatic music. And here we go. Married to the hottest babe in Hollywood is the number one seed. It's Roger Rabbit. Your BFF, your bunny friend forever, clocks in at number two. It's Thumper from Bambi. Handing out parking tickets at the number three seed is Judy Hopps from Zootopia. Guess who's back, 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 back again, again, again. Ozzy's back, back, back. <laughs> Tell a friend. Coming in at number four, it's Oswald, the lucky rabbit. Late for a very important date at the number five seed is the white rabbit from Alice in Wonderland. Party in, party in, yeah. At the number six seed is March Hare from Alice in Wonderland. Participating in racist activities at the number seven seed is Br'er Rabbit from Splash Mountain and or Song of the South. With a carrot up his butt at the number eight seed is Rabbit from Winnie the Pooh. Feeling a little stuffy at the number nine seed is Stella Lou from Duffy and Friends. A two for one special comes in at number 10. It's Bunny from Toy Story 4. Bringing the fam at the number 11 seed is Skippy and his siblings from Robin Hood. My thumps, my thumps, my thumps, my thumps. Coming in at number 12, it's Miss Bunny from Bambi. Bringing the slapstick to his film at the number 13 seed is Lucky Jack from Home on the Range. Being totally awful parents at number 14 are Mr. and Mrs. Hops from Zootopia. Stacking carrots at the number 15 seed is Alec Azam from the Pixar short Presto. Out of the bag and into the number 16 seed, rounding out the bracket is the Easter Bunny 
from Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay, Courtney, we've got 16 bunnies uh, that we've just laid out here. Any early bunny favorites or any bunny matchups that you're particularly looking forward to discussing? Um, I'm curious to see how Bunny from the Toy Story 4 pans out. I think he's just like a hilarious character. Um, he just, I don't know how he'll do against like Thumper and Alakazam, but I, I really want to see where this one goes. Yeah, I'm excited to get into the the bunny versus Brer Rabbit <laughs> discussion and see how, how this stuffed animal fares against this kind of obscure character. But let's get into this, Chris. Uh, the number one versus 16 seed here, Roger Rabbit versus the Easter Bunny from Nightmare Before Christmas. And Night Before, Nightmare Before Christmas Easter Bunny, we don't get a ton out of him, right? Really, all that we see of him is when uh, Lock, Stock, and Barrel accidentally kidnap him trying to kidnap Santa Claus and present him to Jack and the Easter Bunny hops out uh, hops out hops off onto stage and then you get your iconic opening line to this entire episode of the the dude saying bunny and then he hops away so that's that's the <laughs> Easter Bunny right like I'm not forgetting any other scenes with him no that's him yeah so he's cute he looks like a little stuffed animal like pink rabbit he, he kind of ra- looks like a peep he does look like a peep. <laughs> You're right. Uh, and and he has all of the attrib- attributes of a rabbit. Like he is more rabbit than even some people on this bracket. Uh, we just get a split second of screen time with him, which doesn't bode well when you're trying to find the best Disney bunny. Uh, but then it's Roger Rabbit, who I do have some, you know, quips with as far as like being the number one seed as the best bunny. I definitely think that he's probably the most recognizable bunny when it comes to if you put him on a on a, a cop lineup, you're saying, yep, that's Roger Rabbit. And you might not be able to discern from some of the other kind of anatomy, anatomically, what was that word? Anatomically, anatomically correct rabbits that Disney has done. Um, but Roger Rabbit's great. Uh, we know him from the Who Framed Roger Rabbit. We know him from Roger Rabbit Cartoon Spin. We know him from the Roger Rabbit shorts that came out after the film. And and he's this kind of almost more Looney Tune character than maybe some of these other Disney characters. Always getting into hijinks. He's got the big white ears, the big white feet. He wears the cartoon gloves. Um, and he kind of does bring that rabbit energy, that kind of anxious, always moving uh, almost a little bit shifty, maybe going a little bit too fast for his own good. And maybe he's not doing that physically, but he's definitely doing that mentally. <laughs> and we right, see that right. constantly out of him. So I think that's an interesting thing to call out with him is that maybe he's not hopping around, but he is hopping from place to place in his mind. And I kind of like that embodiment of a rabbit out of a Disney character uh, that doesn't necessarily need to be the quintessential rabbit, right? So in this matchup, it's pretty easy. We'll have the number one seed move on. Uh, well, I will anyways, and hopefully we'll talk more about him next round. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we've done a few of these like animal brackets uh, now. I think we've done a, a bird one and we've done a um, dog, dog one and a cat one. And so it, it we kind of always end up having to choose between, uh, you know, what is the better or more iconic Disney character and like what is the most authentic depiction of the <laughs> animal that we're talking about. And, yeah. and usually the winner is like a good combination of 
of both. Um, but you kind of have almost the extremes here where, where, yeah, the Easter bunny is probably the most bunny like, uh, out of any of these, because, you know, he, he's not talking, he's not necessarily even like an anthropomorphic bunny. Like he's pretty <laughs> actual bunny looking, um, other than the fact that he's made out of clay and not like, you know, sassy and homeward bound where like it's a literal <laughs> cat. Right. Um, but the Easter bunny has that, that kind of skittish moment. Um, and like bunnies have kind of a curiosity to them too. And they they are sort of cat like in that way where, where they can wander into situations that maybe they shouldn't have wandered into. And I think, I think of a, uh, a non Disney bunny, Peter Cottontail is kind of a yeah. very important bunny figure in literature. And, and his whole thing is that like he's in Mr. McGregor's garden and, and he's constantly kind of in this dangerous sort of position. Uh, bunnies are our prey, uh, both to, to animals. They have natural predators and also people like they want to exterminate them from uh, their backyards. And so you see um, the Easter bunny in Nightmare Before Christmas kind of come out of the bathtub and he's sort of exploring uh, his his new surroundings a little bit in a very bunny-like way before he's, <laughs> he's scared off and he, he sort of retreats. So yeah, yeah, yeah. just that, that kind of little moment is, uh, I think, a really great depiction like of the Easter bunny, uh, uh, a sort of like holiday character that we don't honestly get a lot of depictions of. So, uh, I think, I think like really underrated moment of nightmare before Christmas and I guess probably <laughs> an underrated Disney bunny, but I'm, I'm with you in, in advancing Roger rabbit on in this matchup. Uh, I am, I'm happy that you kind of pointed out the the skittish, I think skittish would have been the word I, I would have used when, when talking about, uh, some of these Disney bunnies and, and Roger in particular, he's, he's very skittish mentally and emotionally. And so <laughs> to say the least, yeah, I can't wait to talk about more of his kind of uh, bunny antics. Uh, yeah. In, in the next episode. So we'll go ahead and move the number one seat along. Courtney, do you agree with, uh, with moving Roger along here and sending the Easter bunny home? I think if I were to pick between the two, it's really hard. Like you said, on one hand, you have a character that is very much like, bunny-like as opposed to Roger Rabbit who has his own personality in a sense and I if I had to pick between the two I guess like in some sense I'm biased because my favorite ride growing up was Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin wow. so uh, if that was going to be my choice I've been picking Roger Rabbit so cool I, I like that I like that rationale you'd be like you know <laughs> uh, I love that ride. So that rabbit's going to be the perfect, that is the perfect <laughs> mouse madness energy. We need that. I love that. Um, all right. Next matchup is number eight rabbit from Winnie the Pooh versus number nine, Stella Lou. I can't wait to talk about okay, this. Okay, this look, is such look, a fucking okay, look, mess. Okay. Look, look, Duffy has come up a couple of times kind of in, in the mouse madness universe, the MMU, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's come up uh, on Patreon a lot and it's come up on like kind of like our, our 20, 2010s 20 in review or something maybe and and Duffy like he just doesn't really have the same presence here in the US as he does in Asia and like right. I don't think Duffy or any of his friends are really going to do well in any of these kind of bracket <laughs> situations just for that reason but I, I think it's important to to talk about them and, and like acknowledge the impact that the Duffy brand has overseas. And like, I mean, I would love for Duffy to catch on in, in the U S it's kind of a good idea. It's a lot like, you know, um, 
maybe like a, a Disney version of build a bear where like, yeah, you, totally. you have this, this, and I mean, maybe, you know, should I, should I talk about what Duffy is for people that don't know? Yeah, Basically, give, Duffy, give yeah. little, I mean, Duffy, Duffy is, Duffy's a teddy bear. Uh, he's a sailor teddy bear. Uh, <laughs> and, and kind of like the backstory that Disney created for Duffy was that, uh, Mickey went away uh, on a boat overseas, uh, and gave, mini uh a stuffed bear sailor uh to remind her of him as he was gone at sea and so duffy was the only only bear in the duffy lineup for a long time and they slowly started adding other um animals the duffy's friends <laughs> into kind of the mix and so it's obviously like a merch thing oh yeah um, but there's like a a cat and a fox and a, and a, a turtle turtle and, yeah I think there's a girl bear too that goes with Duffy. And um, I mean, I think the most interesting thing to me is they, they haven't really done anything with it besides making merchandise of it. Like it's like Beanie Babies where there's no like brand synergy. It's just, you know him from being merch. <laughs> it's, it's I've seen funny. some Duffy uh, shorts on YouTube produced by Disney, like stop yeah, motion using right. the, the stuffed animals. And I've seen walk around characters in the parks, but that's basically it. It's very much like if you know, you know, and they're yeah. completely fine with that. Yeah. And like, I think it would be cool to see some like Duffy, uh, Duffy series on Disney plus for kids or something like that. Uh, I, I really honestly like the, the Duffy kind of energy. It's very like, um, light and like gentle. Uh, yeah. and it's, it's really kind of like the opposite of what cartoons for kids so often are, you know, like uh, spazzy and fast paced and, and like, uh, high contrast colors and stuff like that. Like, uh, you know, I'm thinking about kind of the new, the spazzy new Mick uh -huh. uh, <laughs> cartoons. And so I think there's a place for Duffy, I think in that sort of like cartoon ecosystem. And, and I would love for them to kind of try something with it, especially now that they have so many different Duffy characters to work with. Um, and, and I guess looking at Stella Lou specifically, uh, she is one of the newer additions to, um, Duffy's friendship lineup. She is a bunny rabbit. Um, she's obviously very cute. She is obviously uh, very soft. I mean, all of Duffy's friends are soft as hell. Hey, like if you've on. ever, if come you've on. ever like seen a Duffy in a store and like petted it, it's like, damn, I want to buy this. <laughs> shit's so soft. Um, but I guess her like kind of, you know, they invent little characters and like little backstories uh, for Duffy and his friends. And so Stella Lou is a ballerina and yep. she has dreams of moving to New York city and becoming a prima ballerina, something like that. So, so Stella Lou wears um, a little like scrunchie that keeps her ears up. Uh, and <laughs> it, she wears a tutu and like little ballet um, slippers. Is that what they're called? Yeah. 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 I don't know. And, and so I don't know if this is like a Zootopia situation where you're like Stella Lou's from the country and she wants to move to the big city which makes sense. Or is it like Stella Lou is already in the city and she's just grinding. Uh, it she's sounds like, like a, uh, what's her, she's like, um, um, black swan, uh, Stella <laughs> Lou version. <laughs> it sounds like she already was in like a city. She, the backstory that I read is that Duffy came across her on the American waterfront, which is the land in Tokyo right. Disney sea. And she was like practicing and she stumbled and he went over to kind of console her and she told him about his dreams. And that interaction 
taught Duffy, who's like, you know, very, very much for kids. So he embodies kind of a, a very naive mind. He didn't realize that dreams could be more than what you experience when you sleep. So like Stella mm-hmm. Lou having aspirations taught Duffy about dreams and goals and that kind of thing. So it sounds like she was on the American waterfront practicing. She's just, she's not raw enough to be big time. She's got to get that practice up. Yeah, I guess not. And so I guess on the flip, on the flip side of this matchup, you have a uh, rabbit. And so rabbit is uh agrarian. He's a farmer. He lives in a hundred acre woods. And so like when I think of a rabbit like IRL um, rabbits are sort of like, you know, the pests, they're like the rodents of, rural america and mm-hmm. so uh i mean you know go you go back to peter cottontail just what i'm talking about like he's <laughs> he's, he's getting up in the vegetables bro you gotta yeah. get him out of there yeah. and so when i think about stella lou being this like city girl uh i don't <laughs> i don't know that that feels very bunny to me um but you know again we'll, we'll talk about judy hops eventually and, and i don't know if it's a you know one for one comparison but um uh, I, I guess the, the most bunny like thing about Stella Lou is just like her softness. Um, and like, mm. I'm looking at pictures of rabbits on Google in preparation for this. And bro, I slept on rabbits. Like, <laughs> rabbits are dude. Rabbits are hella cute. Rabbits like, are adorable. Yeah. And so, uh, I like that, um, you know, Stella Lou has the, the softness about her, um, that I think when we look at pictures of rabbits, that's sometimes what we think about. Uh, uh, we don't want to think about kind of the skittish nature of them. We want to think about like the <laughs> soft, cuddly nature of them. And I think Stella Lou embodies that. Um, Rabbit is, uh, dude, he's kind of a prick. Rabbit like, sucks. <laughs> like, and I, I like Rabbit in the context of Winnie the Pooh because he is the stickler. Yes. And, and, when you are in a friend group, the stickler is super fun to fuck with. (laughs) So, so much of the little parables that come out of the hundred acre wood are like, in what way is rabbit pissed off today? (laughs) Yes. And what lesson might rabbit learn from this situation to improve himself and become slightly less of an asshole. He never <laughs> seems to quite get there, no. but at least, uh, you know, he's, he's facing his, um, you know, character flaws. He's definitely like not a very cuddly looking rabbit. He's super mean. He's rough. He's yeah. Rough. He's, he's, I, I, I might, I might say he's like one of the older, um, animals in hundred acre wood, probably even older than the owl. And, you know, it, it can kind of make him a little bit curmudgeon-y too sure. um, because of that. So many of these characters like Piglet, like Tigger, uh, kind of bring this this youth, this youth energy and, and <laughs> Rabbit's just, just not really not really here for it. He wants to hang out in his little burrow uh, and he just doesn't want any monkey business anywhere near him. Yeah. I mean, it's a tough matchup because like both of these characters have super rabbit like character traits to them and super like not rabbit like traits to them. But I think, um, I think I'm actually going to give this one to Stella Lou. Like Ooh. I want, I want to see some, some chaos. And I think I like the, the cuddly gentle aspect of rabbit dumb. 
I think I favor that more than like the, the skittish craziness. And like, I hope to find a rabbit that maybe has both of those things, but um, rabbits just, he's just too much of a dick, bro. <laughs> yeah. This one was really tough for me as well, but I ultimately chose to go with rabbit from Winnie the Pooh. And I did that because I felt like he embodied a little bit more of the kind of characterize characterization of a animal than maybe Stella Lou did. I, I appreciate Stella Lou's like backstory and she wants to be a ballerina and stuff, but that felt a little bit too undeveloped as opposed to something like Rabbit. And I know that character is a big portion of Disney Disney's kind of strategy when it comes to creating these films and these characters. So um I I lean Rabbit. I don't like him. I definitely like Stella Lou a lot more. I'm ready to get invested in the Duffy storyline. I'm ready to to watch all of those stop motion teddy bear YouTube videos. I'm ready to go all in. And I appreciate Stella Lou coming in at the ninth seed. But I'm going to go with Rabbit from Winnie the Pooh. Uh, so that means, Courtney, you're breaking your first tie. Ooh, okay. So um, Stella Lou is actually pretty new to me. I didn't know that existed until I had looked at the bracket upon doing my research on her i think she's really cute and i love how adorable they are however with rabbit (laughs) i hate saying this out loud um i have started to identify with as i've gotten older like (laughs) rabbit's kind of like a control freak and like i remember thinking back to like when i did watch rabbit i was like dude this guy sucks but like Rabbit is kind of like a voice of reason for his friend group, you know, like it's like the an introverted friend that like wants to be inside all the time, but he has friends that kind of like pulls him out of there and stuff. So um, I, I'm going to go with Rabbit on this. Like I appreciate how cute Solo Lou is, but I identify with Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of great um, Rabbit bits from all of the Winnie the Poohs. But we get introduced to him by uh, Winnie the Pooh showing up unannounced for lunch and Rabbit trying to be like, oh, I'm not here and make Winnie the Pooh go away. And I appreciated that a lot. I I appreciated Rabbit trying to stove off the unexpected visit from Winnie the Pooh. All right, let's talk about this next matchup. So number four, Oswald from Oswald the Lucky Rabbit versus number 13, Lucky Jack from Home on the Range. And man, was I mad that this bracket made me revisit the memory that is home on the range. Oh yeah. What I, mean, a- I, I recently proclaimed on a uh, Patreon that I have never seen home on the range. And like, I was hoping to stay uh, unspoiled, uh, like pretty much completely on home on the range before I watched it. And uh, I, I did not like what I saw. <laughs> yeah. I definitely didn't revisit. I revisited clips. I did the old YouTube scrub right, because I right, was not right. going to invest time and rewatching this film, but it reminded me of just how left they went uh, from the course of Disney animation with this one. So Lucky Jack is a jackrabbit in this home on the range film about cows uh, who are assumedly on the chase to find this dude who bought their farm. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't really care to invest, but along their journey, they come across Lucky Jack and he's a jackrabbit. Uh, he lives out in the desert. He, I think he's the narrator of the film as well. At least the he introduces the film to us. Um, mm-hmm. He's missing a foot. He's missing his lucky foot. And instead of a foot, he has a peg leg. He has a wooden peg in there. 
Um, we introduced to him as the cows have woken up from sleeping in this cave on their journey, and he's ready to to kind of cook them up a meal. And then he ends up going on a, the journey, the rest of the journey with them. He turns into the kind of instigator. Little Rabbit, he's the only one with hands. He's smacking the bad guys with like rims of train wheels and plates, and he's bouncing all over the place. He's just this like chaotic rabbit. Which it like kind of matches, especially if you've ever seen like a jackrabbit in the wild. Mm. Those things move. And like he, that's the way he kind of moves. He is just like point A to point B instantly. He, there's a lot of like cutscenes of him being in one spot and then appearing over the cow's shoulder in the next. Like he really embodies the quickness and the shiftiness of a rabbit. Um, and in the way that he talks, he's like, He reminds me of a used car salesman. He's just quick talking. He's trying to get from point A to point B. He's trying to convince you that what he has to say is important or right. Um, So he's a fun fun character. Uh, But he's also very Looney Tune, which was surprising to me. There's a scene when they're on this like mine car race or something. He gets thrown into the back of a train and he kind of pokes his head out. And something falls on his head and he gets one of those like pain lumps that like the Looney Tunes do like out of his head. And then a horseshoe rings around the pain loop and I was or the pain bump. And I was like, ah, I'm out. I'm done. I don't want Lucky Jack in here any, ever again. So that, that's Lucky Jack. He's this desert jackrabbit, quick talking, quick moving, seems to always think on his feet. But he's there to kind of provide the slapstickiness for whatever reason, to this Western adventure. He's up against Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, and we've talked uh, about Oswald in the past on Patreon and in some other formats, and he's the first Disney character. He is the the very the OG, uh, the Mick before the Mick. He is a rabbit character who, in the silent film era, he was starred in a bunch of shorts, and basically the formula for the shorts is... Oswald has something that he needs or a task that he needs to fulfill. There is an obstacle in the way of a another character or a physical obstacle, and he does whatever it takes to get to that goal. Uh, often it's his girlfriend, Hortensia. He's often trying to visit her or court her in these episodes, um, but he he's going from A to B every single time. That's just kind of the format of short cartoons from the 20s, right? So Oswald has the long ears. He's got the big feet. He is kind of different from all of these other characters because he can do whatever he wants. He's able to kind of detach body parts. He's able to turn into kind of noodly formats. He's able to defy physics and accomplish goals. So he's a little bit different than what we see on the rest of this bracket, which is kind of like rabbits in their true forms, maybe with a little bit of cartoon zaniness. But then Oswald completely goes the opposite way in which like he's more so a cartoon in the form of a rabbit that is able to kind of just navigate a cartoon world than actually right. embodying a ton of like rabbit qualities. Mm-hmm. And this is, and that's par for the course in early Disney history. They're not necessarily concerned about explaining how a rabbit would act. That's what Bambi's all about. Like that, that's when they turn that character switch on is like we got to study animals, not just you know, have the slapsticky kind of zany character. So this matchup feels very similar in the way that they are kind of portrayed. And it breaks my little Disney history loving heart to down the man Ozzy in, in this round, but I'm going to do it. Ooh. Because I think that 
Lucky Jack kind of just more embodies what these rabbits and these characters tend to be now in this current Disney and has built out to be in, in current Disney, while Oswald kind of represents how they were able to uh, accomplish this feat of animation. He was a vehicle for animation, not really character. And now they're more known for character. So Lucky Jack has to win for me. Hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know a whole lot about Lucky Jack. Like you, I didn't watch Home on the Range uh, for the first time even. Uh, so I saw, <laughs> I basically saw the brief like Lucky Jack introduction uh, kind of like moment when when the cows were like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, meeting him for the first time. I yeah. hardly know what happened, but I, uh, some of my close friends know I'm in my gamer era right now. <laughs> and so uh, I'm pretty pretty plugged into the gaming what's happening in gaming right now i don't play a lot of games but i don't know okay uh, and recently a game called i am jesus was uh, was released <laughs> and it's where are we on no okay so so jesus the story of jesus is very top of mind for me right now uh, because yeah. of this game and so uh in in this introduction of the lucky jack character they call him the wise man of the desert uh and when i hear that expression i think of john the baptist because he like he, if you don't know the story of Jesus and the new Testament, like John the Baptist lived in the desert and he was like, a, he, he was crazy. Uh, they, they say that he ate bugs, uh, and like wore furs and stuff. And he was very much like cast out by normal society. And so when this movie, they go, Oh yeah, he's the wise man of the desert. And they show this bunny who's like burning at like wagon wheels. And he's, <laughs> he's like very kooky. I'm like, is this and again, I have never seen Home on the Range, so I'm like, oh shit, is this like a is this like a New Testament like adaptation, <laughs> but for Disney? I have no idea. Oh, uh, I can't wait to find out when I eventually watch Home on the Range. But like yeah. that was honestly my reaction to to Lucky Jack as a character. Is like maybe he's sort of like a prophet or something. I don't know. Mm. Um, but something I do like about him being a rabbit specifically, um, there are a lot of different types of rabbits. Uh, in North America and around the world. And so the desert hare is a very unique rabbit uh, species. And the desert hares are badass. They basically have like the legs of a dog, but like, <laughs> but like a rabbit body and like comically large ears. Right. Uh, super cool looking. And like one of those animals that like is a, a marvel of like evolution and, and the way that they've sort of developed to survive in the extreme environment that is the desert. And so um, Lucky Jack, I think is supposed to be something like that where mm -hmm, he's mm -hmm. uh, a, a survivor uh, and, and I think that's probably more so what they're getting at than, you know, being the Disney John the Baptist, but, uh, <laughs> probably, <laughs> but you know, uh, that that's really all I, I know about lucky Jack. I think I'm going to have to plea ignorance on this one uh, okay. and give and give it to the number four seed Oswald. Ozzie. And, and, and so I had, I had rabbits a lot a lot of rabbits in my backyard uh, growing up. So I got very familiar with kind of like how they behaved and stuff. And <laughs> one thing that I found is that they do not follow the laws of physics. Uh, <laughs> okay. They like, I knew, I knew that was going to go for real, like a, a normal sort of like, maybe it's a dog, like dogs, um, 
dig and they can get like under chain link fences. Rabbits don't have to dig, bro. Like no. rabbits can fit through the link in a chain link fence. And like you look <laughs> at a rabbit and you're like, there's no way that that's possible. Like the rabbit is this big and the chain in the link in the <laughs> chain is this big. There's no way he could go in there. And like rabbits don't even have to like slow down to like contort themselves to fit through the chain. Those full speed, right, full speed, go through it. Uh, and so in watching a lot of these old Oswald cartoons, like, yes, he, he doesn't seem to have a lot of like sort of rabbit tendencies. He, like, he doesn't really have a lot of character period, but I think right. the, the idea that he's like, you know, uh, his head is gone and he presses his belly button and then his head regrows. Like, <laughs> you know what? Like that's not too far off from like what a real bunny rabbit does. So I'm, I'm going to go with Oswald, which means Courtney, you're breaking another tie. Again. Hello. Here I am. Um, this one's, I think, a little tougher for me. Uh, I have watched Home on the Range, and I don't remember <laughs> Jack, pun intended, shit. <laughs> so uh, it's it's tough because I had to go rewatch some of it, and all I kept thinking was, man, this this little buddy's like kind of cracked out. But if you kind of think about it, like bunnies in the desert are kind of cracked out, like <laughs> it's full speed. Like you want to see some real speed type bunnies. <laughs> Um, and then on the other hand, you have Oswald who, like you said, he's the OG of the OG, but it, I feel like in more recent years, especially with Chinese New Year, or sorry, excuse me, Lunar New Year coming up, or past, whatever, um, they brought him back for this specific reason. So I have less knowledge of Oswald, and while I think he was a trailblazer in like the animation world for Walt and stuff like that, if you're talking about the most bunny bunny, we're going with Lucky Jack on this one. All right. Wow. Oswald goes down. Wow, you know what? Hey, our home- wasn't expecting this hey, at all. Hey, Ozzy <laughs> just can't catch a break. You no, know, he like, what's this? Very, what's this man have to do to succeed? Very unlucky rabbit. Next matchup: number five, White Rabbit from Alice in Wonderland versus number twelve, Ms. Bunny from Bambi. Alice in Wonderland. It's always really. Um, traumatic for me every time we have to go back and visit the world that is uh that is wonderland oh, because oh, it's on. a it's a crazy place to be in <laughs> i don't like it i don't think i ever will like it it is too overwhelming give me the warm embrace of the duffy shorts and stella Luth <laughs> gentle fluffiness uh every day over this nightmare that is uh, alice's wonderland but uh, um the white rabbits really he's kind of the way we kick off this whole adventure uh alice is minding her own business uh, trying to, to read a book or take a nap or something. Uh, and yeah. then all of a sudden, White Rabbit uh, rolls up out of nowhere. Uh, I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Uh, and he's uh, he heads down the rabbit hole and Alice follows him down. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, we get to Wonderland and, and White Rabbit comes up um, several other times throughout kind of the first half of Alice as uh, she kind of tries to figure out where she is and, and where she's going, she just kind of keeps following the white rabbit further and further, deeper and deeper into Wonderland. We don't know where the rabbit's going. We don't know why he's late, what he's late for. Um, but he basically just keeps saying that he's late and he's running. He's always on the move. Yeah. Um, and And like on the one hand, that feels like a very rabbit thing to do because like we said, the rabbits are very shifty. They're very fast. They're skittish. They're agile. But on the other hand, like bunnies are also very still a lot of the time too. It's like, (laughs) it's like, yeah, like they're fast, but like they're fast in between them just 
standing still and like munching on some grass. So, um, you know, this idea that, that the white rabbit's always on the move, it's, it's in some way very rabbit like, but in other ways, sort of not super accurate to, uh, to how a bunny is most of the time. Right. Uh, white rabbit, he ends up being like, uh, the, I don't know, you squire. No, is that what that's called? Like the yeah, I don't the, the, the hype man, the announcer, uh, <laughs> the, he's, the, he's queen. the queen of hearts. Yeah, he's the queen of hearts. Is hype man? Uh, <laughs> it's flavor flav to to the queen of hearts. <laughs> queen of he's hearts. got a he's got a clock and everything. He's ready to rock. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, bunny flav. So so bunny flaves. Uh, <laughs> Funny flav. Uh, yeah. So he ends up being kind of the uh, the um. Yeah, he's like low. He's like low on the totem pole, like the royalty totem pole. Uh, he gets re- he gets bossed around, and like like most people in Wonderland, he's very afraid of like pissing off the queen. Right. Uh, which like is that him being a rabbit, or is that just the queen being like a tyrant? Um, I probably lean towards the latter. I think I think you could make him any animal in that situation. Um, or or you know, there's human characters like the King of Hearts that are just as sort of like afraid to offend. Uh, yeah. So so I'm not sure being a rabbit really comes into play for him uh, there. Miss Bunny, it, oh man, Bambi! Like every time I get to revisit Bambi, it's just such a treat. Uh, and and I'm glad that we're kind of looking at. Bambi in this sort of like animal context. I know <laughs> because Bambi is it's just such a good movie and and the way that they do character in Bambi is so good in that mm. it's like the ultimate example of depicting a character in its natural animal form but also giving it kind of unique human qualities. Um, and, and Thumper who we'll talk about next round and, and, and Bambi himself and, and Miss Bunny are all really good kind of examples of that. Uh, you, you know, you hear the expression, you know, effing like rabbits, uh, mm-hmm. and that's really what happens in Bambi. That's uh, literally just the, put a rabbit character in Bambi and that's, that's all they're there for. Right. And so like, uh, you know, Thumper is, is part of a, a big family of rabbits, uh, and he meets Miss Bunny and he has to make a big old rabbit family of his own. <laughs> I don't think Miss Bunny really talks a lot in Bambi. Doesn't um, talk at all. Or she like laughs a little bit, right? Yeah. Says, she's like, like yeah, yeah. And so, uh, you know, these, this, I, I mean, I'm not sure this is a great like depiction of a woman character. Um, sure. they, they are, they are rabbits. Uh, so I think what they're <laughs> getting at is, you know, like animals naturally reproduce, like that's just kind of what they do. And so, yeah. uh, Thumper needed a mate and this is, this is his mate. Um, she's a, she's hella thick, bro. <laughs> <laughs> she's a, she thick as hell. Uh, Miss Bunny's got some. <laughs> junk uh and hey you know what i'm here for it uh i love uh, yeah hey you know i love a, a sexy a cartoon animal character and, and miss bunny can can roll with the best of them sure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um i'm sure the animators had a hell of a time uh <laughs> putting together kind of this the seductive uh movements of this miss bunny character I, I wonder what in the hell they used as a um a I, reference, know. <laughs> I know for uh, real for that but um she does have a beard which uh, mm-hmm. 
I don't I don't really know if that's really accurate to um like rabbits. Like do they yeah, get kind of either. like beards on them or it might have just it, it, this movie came out in what like the 30s or 40s or something 40s, and yeah so i think um it might have been a reference to like fur you know furs like that you wear and so like mm. maybe like the facial fur was support a, so supposed to kind of be like the mink coat or like the shawl you know the fur right uh, shawl or something that maybe uh, a woman of elegance might have worn in that that era of of disney animation yeah um I, I it, it's hard because I think Miss Bunny is is more bunny like, but I think I am gonna give it to the White Rabbit, uh, just kind of for for history's sake. I like the White Rabbit as a Disney rabbit. He is one of the most frequently depicted characters when Disney kind of has to go to their like rabbit character roster to yeah. do some kind of merch. I mean, uh, as we kind of let off the show with it's the year of the rabbit uh, and so much of the merch, uh, the white rabbit is kind of your, your front man uh, for this, this bunny band. Uh, so, so I think that definitely uh, counts for something. So I, I got, I got white rabbit here. Yeah, I agree with you. I like miss bunny as a character to kind of move the plot along that, you know, flower found his girl. Thumper just got his girl. So now it's time for Bambi to get his girl. And that's, that's the way of spring in the in the forest so she plays a a great part in that sense to kind of show how life is created and moves on in the forest especially when we are like very soon going to encounter um, bambi's mom dying so like it's this kind of create life take life sort of thing Um, but the white rabbit is just a little bit too iconic to not move on past miss bunny who's a little bit too much of a side character so I'm going to agree with you and we can talk more about the White Rabbit next time. Courtney, would you have the White Rabbit from Wonderland moving on here? So this one was another tough one for me because on the one hand, I think Miss Bunny is the most like anatomically correct like, shape of a bunny. Yeah. Both all characteristics of a bunny. Like, so is she the most bunny bunny? But on the other hand, they're like, I guess in some sense, all rules are out the window for me where I'm like, I identify with the white rabbit. I'm <laughs> So would I go with it? But Miss Bunny didn't stand out to me as a character I remembered as well. And the white rabbit, like you said, is more of an iconic character. So I would have had the white rabbit on this one. All right, let's hop across the bracket to the number two Thumper from Bambi versus number 15, Alec Azam from the short Presto. And this is going to be an easy move on for Thumper here for me. Um, we can talk about Presto and, and Alec Azam a little bit here, but I recommend you just go watch the short. Uh, we have a, a rabbit who is the magician's rabbit, the rabbit that gets pulled out of the hat. And we see that there's a sorcerer's hat that he puts on that enables him to transport to the magician's hat. And so hijinks ensues when the rabbit isn't able to get the carrot that he really wants. So he protests the entire magic show. And a lot of chaos happens. Things are going nuts and the magician is getting dunked on. And and he, he in the end, uh, saves the magician from a, a horrid death <laughs> and gets the, the carrot that he wants at the end. So he's this little white rabbit, big ears, big feet, the, the like buck teeth. He is carrot motivated, which is very stereotypical rabbit. So you got to like that. But he is like, he looks like the secret life of pets rabbit. 
and it's really interesting that like that secret life of pets they they like watched that and they said we know who our main character is gonna be it's alec Kazam, and it's gonna be voiced by kevin hart we gotta do it right now so he's fine nothing to write home about but thumper is thumper is fantastic uh chris and i met the voice of young thumper at the uh at the disney con <laughs> Uh, not too long ago, uh, Thumper is just from an anatomically correct rabbit to just a great character, helps to move the plot of Bambi along. We learn along with Bambi from Thumper. Uh, I feel like I can dive into him more next time, so I'll save it. Thumper number two is moving on for me. Yeah, Alakazam, uh, like you said, really the, the like carrot fixation is is kind of the only like notable rabbit ingredient other than kind of like the context in which he's presented that is the white right. rabbit of a magician like yeah, yeah, yeah he's he's pretty rude like and he's honestly kind of an unlikable character like i know like you're supposed to kind of be rooting for him to get the carrot but like the lengths at which he's willing to go to to like put this man's life in jeopardy to get that carrot it's it's sort of sus like he like okay if you make him punch himself in the face whatever but like dude dude get, sticks his fingers in an electrical socket like this isn't <laughs> Dude, this Alakazam is not messing around. Uh, and like you said, he, he ends up kind of like hoisting him up to the top of the building and uh, saving him from uh, piano falling on him and stuff. Yeah, like, Yeah, just a lot. It, it, he's a little bit too uh, smart for his own good, I think. Uh, and, and we'll talk about that idea a little bit more in the next matchup. Uh, yeah, definitely Thumper here. Uh, Courtney, do you uh, agree with that one? Hands down, Thumper is moving on, in my opinion. Alakazam is kind of, he's not a nice guy. I like, I understand being hangry, but that, that was a little much. <laughs> yeah, Alakazam needs a Snickers bar. <laughs> Um, all right, next matchup, it's number seven, Br'er Rabbit from Splash Mountain and Song of the South versus number 10, Bunny from Toy Story 4. So Song of the South, a lot of, I mean, it doesn't really come up very often on the show. It's maybe come up a couple of times, but, um, you know, this movie is nowhere to watch, uh, and, and you shouldn't watch it. Uh, it, it, if the racism isn't enough for you to not watch, this is just a shitty ass movie. It's, like, it's not good. It's, it's like if you have never seen Song of the South and you think that it might be good before you track it down on a, a Russian streaming website, watch something like Make Mine Music or Melody Time. Uh, and if you legitimately can look me in the eyes and say you enjoy those movies, then maybe you could consider giving <laughs> Song of the South a watch. But like, this is not, this is not Disney quality animation. It's not Disney quality storytelling. It's go just off. like, actually, you know what? Go watch that. What's that movie that Burl Ives does? Uh, Lavender so dear Blue. To, yeah, go watch that so shit. Dear because, to my heart. because that's a great comparison. And that movie is ass. So like, <laughs> go, go watch that. And if you like that, then maybe you'll like Song of the South. But this movie's not very good. Oh. So, um, you know, there's that. And like Splash Mountain kind of um, takes one element of Br'er Rabbit's character in that movie and runs with it. And that element is the idea that Br'er Rabbit um, does not win fights with his physical attributes. He wins things with his wit. And yeah. if you've ever... Uh, 
like seen an actual bunny like bunnies are pretty stupid uh <laughs> like they yes they escape and are and are sometimes hard to catch but it's not because they're smart like they're not out here like jerry rigging rue goldberg machines <laughs> to escape your backyard like they just heard a sound and they run like you don't have to be smart to do that yeah uh, totally and like obviously outsmarting brer brer bear and brer fox not a very tall order not hard to do uh and and like i will never forget the time in my backyard we were trying to grow some strawberries and we put up some chicken wire and stupid ass rabbit got himself caught inside <laughs> oh, no. the little area like he went he wanted some strawberries and so he jumped in there and he couldn't jump out oh, and we no. had to like free him like dude you're so stupid like this <laughs> this whole thing is built here to keep you out and, and he he's, still in. he's still went in uh yeah, I mean, like, there's there's one moment in in the movie where Br'er Rabbit, like, he walks past uh, the Tar Baby, and yeah. and uh, he says, if if he says hello, and then like it's an inanimate object, so it doesn't say hello back, and he's like, if you don't say hello when I count to three, I'm gonna bust your lip or something like that. Yeah, it's like, it's like what the. Because a man will say hello, you know, like <laughs> resort to violence right now. Aggressive. Uh, yeah, just not a super likable character. Like the only thing that that is real bunny about him is that he jumps uh, when he moves. Yes, uh, he, he jumps yes. really. And to be like, jump, bunnies do jump really high. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they're super high jumpers, and so uh, I guess that's realistic. But um, I think at the end of the day, you replace rabbit with any other animal. Okay, he's rare squirrel now. Uh, yeah. And and you yeah, have yeah, the yeah. exact same movie, most of the exact same situations. Just as maybe he's animated uh, somewhat differently. Um, Bunny, uh, Bunny is 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 uh, attached at the hand to Ducky in Toy Story Four, uh, voiced by uh, Jordan Peele, and mm-hmm. Ducky is voiced by Keegan Michael Key. And and you should need no more evidence to advance bunny on in this matchup. I mean, you have a, a two, a comedy duo that, that is up there with the greats. Uh, and I think I advance bunny here pretty easily just because Br'er rabbits kind of, uh, overrated for me. Yeah. I'm going to also move bunny on just because Br'er rabbit doesn't, feel very rabbit like except for his ability to kind of like hop and skip and and do the the rabbit things right like the the physical rabbit things but otherwise like his personality is so unlike a rabbit it is so aggressive and it's so bold and it's so as you said kind of like too smart for his own good that it detracts from his rabbitness and now he's not a rabbit he is just kind of this what I assume they try to set him out to be as a protagonist, but now in watching it back, it's kind of like, we don't like this guy very much. Um, so I'm going to agree with you. Bunny will move on. I've got some quips about, about Bunny. I'm not, I'm not sure how long he's going to last in this bracket, but he has to go on past Bear Rabbit here for me for sure. Um, Courtney, any issues with Bunny moving on? No, not at all. I mean, I... I've never seen Song of the South. I'm one of those people. All I remember is Zippity Doodah being on the sing-along movies. <laughs> yeah, so that's the only thing I know about it. Um, but I'm happy that the uh, Splash Mountain's getting a rebrand. I think it, it was long overdue. So uh, I would totally watch a whole short of Bunny and Ducky and all of them doing their thing. So I, I'm, I'm curious to see how he, he goes on with this too. 
All right, this next matchup is the Battle of the Hops. It's number three, Judy Hops versus her parents, the 14 seeds, Mr. and Mrs. Hops. Um, Zootopia. <laughs> Your favorite, bro. Your favorite bro, movie. Bro, my favorite movie with my favorite song with just everything. Zootopia is not that bad. I, I didn't hate it when I watched it. It came at a time in which the social commentary kind of fit. Um, and it's it's a fun ride. Uh, I It was very much like a type of movie that Chris would definitely hate where it's just time after time they're trying to juke you. They're trying to deceive you from what's actually happening and, and trying to figure it out. And there's going to be plot twists around uh, along the way. There's some hell of lovable characters in this film. A uh, bunch of side characters, a little godfather hamster and his his little Guido son, daughter, little Guidette daughter, um, the the lion or the what cheetah who works the front desk at the police station. Like, there's a lot that to love about this film, and it's great world building in my opinion. It's a very cool idea. Um, but they they just they make Judy Hopps so unlikable to me. She's just so unlikable. And I I know what they are trying to do. They're trying to get this rural, ambitious character out into the big city, experience life, experience real life and the differences in people and yada, yada, yada. But it's that like over ambition in that toxic positivity that is just so annoying from this character. Um, bunny traits, full of them. They're great. She is very quick. She is physically. Uh, also, she thinks quickly on her feet. She seems to be, you know, high strung, which rabbits can be uh, based upon like how well she wants to do at her job. And she is trying to not only meet quotas, but beat them. She like does a good job of towing the line between like human qualities and animal qualities. So like in Robin Hood and even in uh, Rabbit and Winnie the Pooh, their hands are like human hands, skinny fingers, hand, hands, hands. But Judy Hopps and her family have like paw hands more so than they do like human long fingers. So I appreciated that detail about her. Um, so I, I think that she embodies a rabbit very well. Um, but she just feels a little bit too ambitious and go get them to be really a rabbit character in the form of rabbit characters that we know from Disney. I know that Thumper can be kind of ambitious and confident, but he even gets checked and he even kind of knows his own place in this animal world. Um, and not that Judy Hobbs needs to know her own place, but like she just doesn't really give rabbit as much as she does trying to get out of rabbit. And that is her whole thing. She doesn't want to be called a bunny. She doesn't want to be a rabbit. She wants to be a cop. While you have Mr. and Mrs. Hobbs, who are the, the anx- they are the rabbits, right? That she's trying to break from. Hella kids own a carrot farm, super anxious about change, super anxious about predators. Like they, they embody that rabbit while also kind of giving Disney rabbit. They are these human type characters in rabbit form. And so when I think about rabbits in, in Disney, these two characters match up very well where it's like the anxious character side character usually kind of just there to provide either comic relief or some sort of other moral goal of the film and then you have the protagonist who is somebody who we want to aspire to be 
They go get her. Uh, and it, it, Judy Hopps really matches up to that. But I ain't passing along no cop in the first round. So I'm going Mr. and Mrs. Judy Hopps. Judy. <laughs> <laughs> um, can we just go ahead and just like kind of briefly talk about Zootopia? Um, it's come up several times, but I want to I wanna mention a, a Zootopia statistic that I dropped on uh, Patreon yeah. a few months ago, um, but I want to bring it up here again. Uh, Zootopia was the movie that got me back into Disney. Sure. Uh, I loved uh, Frozen came out in 2013. I loved Frozen. I uh, watched it on loop, but Zootopia was the one where I was like, I- I'm back back. Uh, I I need to revisit the the, the movies that I I haven't seen in a while or haven't seen before. Um, I liked Zootopia. I thought it was very good. Um, It wasn't like one of my favorites, but I thought it was very good. Um, Like you said, like commentary was very appropriate for the time. Uh, And so I I like to rank my, my like Walt Disney animated pictures. I like to rank them up to just to make sure I love a good ranking. Uh, and so I rank on the IMDB app. I create a list and I move things up and down the list based on uh, my enjoyment of them. Uh, and so there's, so I can sort all of the Walt Disney animated pictures by IMDB rating. These are the ratings of the viewers. Uh, yep. and, and when I was in high school, uh, the IMDb ratings were gospel. Uh, you know, <laughs> it was like I would try the, the Dark Knight number three on IMDb. The IMDb, oh my God! Like, is it the greatest movie of all time? I think it is. <laughs> uh, it's like Godfather, Godfather Part Two, The Dark Knight, Avatar, Citizen Kane, Casablanca. Like, come on, bro! Like, what's God? Like, heat, heat after heat. There's what? What doesn't fit here? Uh, so IMDb ratings are absolutely flawed, uh, but I find them interesting. Yeah. Um, so the number one highest rated Disney animated movie is The Lion King with an 8.5 rating. Yeah. Uh, it is a very clear number one, according to the users. Uh, and then it is a three-way tie for second place. Whoa. Between two other 90s movies, Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin and Zootopia. That's wild. Uh, so, so just just to restate, <laughs> The Lion King and a three-way tie for second place that includes Zootopia. And then there are 58 other Disney movies behind <laughs> that. Uh, so Zootopia is ranked higher than movies like Snow White, yeah. Pinocchio, Sleeping yeah. Beauty, Frozen. Bambi, Frozen. Uh, absolutely wild that the, the Zootopia has kind of risen to the top here. Um, but to be fair, these ratings are pretty crazy because after uh, Aladdin is Big Hero 6 at number 5, uh, then you've got Tangled and Wreck-It Ralph uh, coming in at number 7. Like th- These are all over the place. But um, sure. there is Zootopia was a hit, bro. Zootopia hey. was a hit. Can't um, deny it. And, and, and like there, there are some really great things that the movie does, like the world building element, I think is super fun. Um, and they managed to create a very likable sort of menagerie of characters. Um, you called Judy Hopps kind of unlikable, and I'm not 100% sure uh, I agree with that. Uh, you you kind of use the word aspirational to describe her, and I think that uh, that's a good way to, to kind of put it. Uh, so many of the aspirational 
Disney characters, uh, they're they're not very sympathetic. Uh, yeah. But Judy is is both aspirational and sympathetic, and sympathetic because of her relationship with her parents. Uh, I think maybe one of the most memorable scenes for me in Zootopia is when she's on that uh, FaceTime call with mm. uh, her parents and they're like, oh my God, thank God she's a meter maid. Uh, and she's kind of <laughs> sort of like, yeah. you know, caught in between like lying about what she does, trying to like make her parents proud. Uh, you know, she she came to this big city with uh, three bucks, two bags, one bunny. And, uh, you know, she's she's living next door to like two gazelles uh or, or something who are uh-huh. fighting and throwing each other against the wall i just think <laughs> like i think there is a, a relatability element to uh, to judy hops that, that i do really enjoy um and it feels good to kind of have like i know like yeah i know she's a cop and that's like not i guess ideal uh for <laughs> a lot of people um but she is like a a, a main a, a woman hero who, who is yeah. a main character in a Disney movie uh, that is yeah. not a princess uh, and is not some type of like warrior either. Uh, she's just kind of like your average person. Uh, and I think that that's really cool. Um, I, 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 yes, I don't like the fact that the movie tries to juke you. Uh, and, and particularly <laughs> I, I don't like how Judy hops tries to juke Nick wild <laughs> into getting him to admit to tax fraud on yeah. a, a carrot, a recording pen. Bro, if she did that to me in real life, I'd be like, who, who, who do you think, who do you think you are right now? <laughs> For real. Um, but I think I'm going to go with Judy. I, I, I think okay. she, I think she has some, of the kind of like emotional skittishness that uh, that that Roger Rabbit has, like she mm. she is uh, like a, a strong person, but she is also um, I think scared and, and and sort of anxious in a way too. So I, I think she's soft at heart. Uh, love Mr. and Mrs. Hops as as having two hundred and seventy five children and and as agricultural <laughs> uh, titans of agriculture industry in in their hometown, um, but. I got Judy. So I guess this is going to be a tie break for Courtney again. Here I am. Um, so I actually really like Zootopia, which is funny. Um, it's, I think there's so many underlying things to like learn from Zootopia and what it's trying to say. So for me, like when I look at um, Mr. and Mrs. Hops, there's a lot of generational trauma surrounding them and like what they're trying to tell like their daughter to do and what they want her to do and protect her. But Judy has dreams and aspirations of being a cop and being something different than what was already put on her. Now, when she does get to Zootopia, other people don't believe in her as well. But what she does is by being a bunny, she is able to do things that maybe some of the bigger animals are not able to do, like going into what is it rodent world or whatever, when she saves uh, the the little Guida. thing um but like if you can imagine you know the chief wouldn't have been able to do that he would have been stomping around in there so by her being a bunny she applies uh her personality and her like physical physicality in a different way so i still think she like exhibits being a bunny but in the best way of being a bunny hmm. so i'm going to go with judy hops all right sorry kyle I respect it I, uh, I I get it. Hey, I get it. Hey, a cab. All cops are bunnies. <laughs>
Um, <laughs> the final matchup of the round of 16 is the number six seed March Hare from Alice in Wonderland versus number 11 Skippy and Friends from Robin Hood. Um, we're we're back in Wonderland with March Hare, and this is I another and like the, I I love March Hare, like I yeah. love I love uh you know these turnt boys. I believe they ended up being the winners of our biggest Disney turnt boy bracket because they're just so batshit. But um, I I think this is one of those. I mean, I guess I don't know. I'm arguing with myself here, but hmm. on, the, on the one hand, I'm like, okay, maybe is the fact that he's a rabbit relevant at all? Could he be you know the the, the tortoise? king who's like on speed or something i don't know but like a hare is is skittish you know and like march yeah. hare is is, is sc- sort of skittish as well like i kind of think about the idea of like what if you gave a bunny a shot of espresso like right. it, it, it would probably be a lot like the march hare and that's kind of exactly what is happening in the uh the unbirthday scene uh when mm-hmm. alice rolls up to to Hare and hatter's backyard uh and they just have an entire table full of empty cups and, and birthday presents and they're just uh you know they have blood in their caffeine uh so <laughs> so so yeah like I, I don't know he's 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 bunny like but also not bunny like at the same time um but i do really like him uh as like a a, a presence kind of like in the um dynamic of like hair and hatter i would say mm-hmm. hair probably has more poise than than hatter does and, and and maybe that's just in the way that they're they're sort of animated uh hatter feels a little bit more like burnt out and hair seems a little bit more like a high functioning uh drunk person or, or whatever <laughs> whatever state of mind these two are in like in this in this movie and um I mean, perhaps that is a is quite a, a rabbit um, trait, you know, like they uh, have to perform under pressure. Let's say they're scared of something like, yeah, yeah. They, they have to run away and they have to find a way to escape. So, hey, maybe that is uh, maybe that is bunny like, mm-hmm. but I really want to talk about Skippy. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm talking about Skippy. Talking about Skippy. So Robin Hood is a cultural icon yes. uh, in, in Nottingham. Uh, he is such an icon that people take down his wanted posters and they hang them in their bedrooms. Uh, <laughs> it's like, you know, that Michael Jordan poster you had on your wall as a kid, the, the Muhammad Ali, uh, uh-huh. standing, uh, who did he, Muhammad Ali knock Over out? Frazier. The, yeah. Like down goes Frazier. There you go. It's that poster. Imagine that, but like it's Robin hood, um, <laughs> on your, on your bedroom wall when you wake up in the morning. A Titan. Uh, so you got so you got uh, this this family of of Poe people, uh, mm-hmm. and it's a bunny rabbit. It, it was you said it was friends. They're not a family. No, they're a family. It's it's siblings. Okay, okay. So um, they they have pretty much nothing. They're like Charlie Bucket's family and Willy Wonka and the Chocolate uh, Factory. Yeah. Like they are so poor, um, and it's it's Lil Skippy's birthday, and it's his. Seventh birthday, I think, is what it is. Uh, he says seventh, going on eighth, but I don't know if that means it's his eighth birthday or his seventh birthday. Let's call it seventh birthday. Sure. Um, because we know kids like to, you know, uh, give themselves a, a plus one here and there when they talk about their age. So we'll say he's seven years old. It's his seventh birthday, and and the whole family got together and got him a, a, a I don't know what 
type of currency this is, but uh, maybe it was like a, a dollar or something, sure. like a, a dollar yeah. in coin form. Uh, and then uh, right in the moment that little Skippy opens up his uh, his cheddar, um, the sheriff of Nottingham rolls in and basically just, just swoops that's it my, from him. That's, that's my... Like, yoink, uh, psych. And <sighs> so uh, that's sad. It's sad. And, and I think I like the depiction of the rabbits as being like poor people. Um, yeah. They, the rabbit is like the bottom of the food chain. Uh, they are pests and rodents and they don't get a lot of respect as creatures. Sure. Um, a lot of people don't like them. I mean, like they, they eat your grass, they piss on your grass, they, they, <laughs> they eat your vegetables. Like they're, they're sort of like, um, you know, not, no one really wants them around. And so kind of them being in that sort of same position in Robin hood makes them relatable. And it's sort of appropriate, uh, that they're, they're rabbits, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, and also I think that they're, uh, they're hunt like rabbits are hunted as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're sort of like, um, there's like a, a theme I think of like hunting for sport in, in Robin hood at some point, maybe, I don't know. Am I thinking of a different movie? I don't think yeah. so. I think I'm thinking no. of Mary Poppins again. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Robin hood rolls up to their house and gives Skippy a bow and arrow for his well, birthday. Go, like, bro, let's give outside. us, let's give, shoot let's, him up. Let's give a seven year old a deadly weapon. For his birthday, like classic. Like, hey, happy birthday, kid! Here's a Glock. Yeah, <laughs> have fun. Ah, uh, yeah, and yeah, and they go outside and they're like, "Let's go, hey, let's go shoot something with this." I think that would be super fun. Uh, where we should, should we shoot this? Where thing. should we shoot it? I don't know, just shoot it up in the air over in that general direction. What could go wrong? <laughs> um, kids will be kids, I guess. Yep. I guess. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and give Robin Hood the, the blame on uh, on that one. Yeah, he enabled that. I, I think I'm going to go with March Hare. I, I, I like, I, I, I have an appreciation for Skippy and his family, I guess, and I always like uh, revisiting Robin Hood and uh, the world of Nottingham, but I, I also like March Hare a lot too. In, in a movie that I don't really love, uh, March Hare is a, a standout for me. So I got him yeah. moving on. March Hare is moving on for me as well. I think that Skippy and his siblings embody more kid-like tendencies than they do rabbit-like tendencies. So it's almost like, you know, childhood in the form of a rabbit. Mm-hmm. They don't really do a ton of like rabbit things. They're just another character. And that's that's also a product of this film. It's the story of Robin Hood, but animals are in it. And there's not a whole lot of animal things that happen other than Robin Hood dressing up as like a stork at one point to disguise himself. But otherwise, these are just people characters in animal clothing, it feels like. So uh, I think that the March Hare has a little bit more to him. I think for sure the live action uh, March Hare from the Tim Burton Alice in Wonderland is very rabbit-like. And I'll talk about him a little bit next time. But I agree with you. March Hare moves on, which means we've got uh, an Elite Eight here already. Courtney, would you also have had the March Hare move on? I definitely would have. Um, like you said, Robin Hood is just definitely like people in animal forms, so it doesn't really embody like rabbit-like characteristics. But I blame you guys for getting the very merry on birthday song stuck in my head again. So, <laughs> thank you. 
<laughs> job well done then on our part then because uh that's a slap all right the elite eight <laughs> next time is gonna look like this the number one roger rabbit versus number eight rabbit from winnie lapu the number 13 lucky jack from home on the range is gonna take on the number five the white rabbit from alice in wonderland the number two thumper from bambi is gonna take on the number 10 bunny from toy story 4 and rounding out that elite eight it's gonna be number three judy hops from zootopia versus the number six the march hare from alice in wonderland courtney thank you so much for joining us in part one your first time around mouse madness bracket wheel uh we can't wait to have you back for part two mm-hmm. all right everyone you know how to reach us you got something to say about bunnies you got something to say about disney rabbits did we did we miss a rabbit uh you, would you like to throw your hat in the ring for senior scratchy from wandavision uh drop <laughs> us a line like like Throw, throw something our way. Uh, you can reach us by email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or you can hit us up on social media. We are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. All those channels are linked in the description of this podcast. If you'd like to uh, go ahead and join the gang and support cool. us on Patreon, you can head over to patreon.com slash mousemadness and become a member of Jerry's gang by joining us at the $5 a month level. Folks, thanks for listening to another one. No time to say hello. Goodbye.